Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Glasgow Times Sports Podcast, normally recorded in our studio at the Bishop Briggs Media Centre, currently recorded from our volunteers' homes. To keep in touch with us, use our social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter, which are all at Q and Review. That's C-U-E-A-N-D-R-E-V-I-E-W. Or get in touch via information at qandreview.com. That's information at c-u-e-a-n-d-r-e-v-i-e-w.com. Please like and share our podcast and give us any constructive feedback. Evening Times Sport, February 8. Celtic fans should expect a next level from Mida. Report by Aidan Smith. He has hit the ground running since moving from Japan, but Celtic fans should expect a next level from Dazen Meda, according to his former coach, Sean Ongtong. Meda has scored twice in as many starts in the Scottish Premiership and already looks a real threat in attack for Ange Postecoglou's side. Ongtong was a coach alongside the Aussie when Meda starred for F. Marinos in 2020, after a spell in Europe with Portuguese outfit Maritimo. He has been hugely impressed by Meda's impact in Scotland, but he has warned Celtic fans that there is still more to come from their new striker. He told Keep Up, his physical attributes straight away would impress anyone. It's not just his speed, but what impresses me so much physically with Dazen is his ability to repeat speeds, repeat sprints. A lot of quick players can make one quick burst and then they need time to recover and go again. His ability to do that and do it again and again and even in the 80th and 90th minute, he is still doing it. It's just incredible. Dazen took a little bit of time, like most players, coming into the environment to adapt, but he really embraced it. When Anja has the ability to let him off the leash and go and press, score goals, he put that belief into him and he really embraced it. You could see his true character come into play. I think this style of football, it just suits his game so much. He has a next level in him. He always had a hunger to learn. Great character. Even before, last year, he was studying English. He would practice with me sometimes. You always knew he had ambitions go again to go. You see that a lot with some of the Japanese boys. Which ones are learning English? They are thinking next step for them. Report by Aidan Smith. Evening Times Sport, February 8. Aaron Ramsey delivers Rangers squad verdict. Report by David Irvin. Few at Ibrooks could claim to have a CV as impressive as Aaron Ramsey. The deadline day loan signing brings a wealth of experience from the Premier League, Serie A and Wales international setup but insists he wasn't surprised by the standard at Rangers. In fact, he expected it. 
The 31-year-old Ramsey made his debut from the bench in the 5-0 rout over Hearts and hailed the quality and strength and depth of the dressing room after being well received by those at Ibrox. Explained Ramsey, I am not surprised, I expected it really when I came here. I know about the quality in this team. I have played with a few of the players. I know a few of the players from my days back at Arsenal and from the Premier League. There is a lot of quality in there and there is a strength in depth. You need that with the amount of games that we are playing for us to keep each other on our toes and to push each other and support each other as well. We have a really good strong squad here who are more than capable of standing up for themselves. After his maiden appearance, Ramsey is hungry to build up his game time, but admits he'll need to up his fitness levels as he makes a stake for a starting berth in the Ibrox lineup. Quizzed on whether his game time will increase gradually, he said, I think so, yes. There are so many games coming up. There are a lot of opportunities to get some minutes and progress with more minutes over the coming weeks. Ramsey was in the stand for the Old Firm derby against Celtic, with Giovanni Van Brocker's side falling to a 3-0 defeat. Despite the result, Ramsey insists it's all about the response, and he reckons his teammates delivered emphatically. He said, We needed to show a reaction from the last result and we certainly did that. We are a really good team with a lot of talented players. These results sometimes happen. I've had many of them in my career. It's how you respond to these little setbacks, and we certainly did that. Ramsey's loan spell comes after he rarely featured for Juventus after an injury-plague spell in Italy. He featured just five times before agreeing his temporary switch to Glasgow, which comes just months ahead of the World Cup playoffs, which could pit Scotland against Wales should both sides progress to the final. But Ramsey is not looking too far ahead, as he revealed his full focus is on club matters. He said, of course they are huge games for us, for Wales, but they are in March and we are in February now. I am fully focused on getting back to full fitness and helping my teammates as much as I can over the coming weeks. There's a lot of football to be played. We are playing in different cup competitions over the next few weeks, which are really important. So we need to be fully focused on that and give our all. Report by David Irvin. Evening Times Sport, February 8. Nicholas makes Postecoglou Rogers Celtic claim. Report by Aidan Smith. Charlie Nicholas has detailed his recent meeting with Celtic boss Ange Postecoglou and hailed the Aussie manager for his warm embrace. Postecoglou moved to Celtic in the summer and has hit the ground running 
winning the League Cup as well as leading his team to the top of the Premiership table. Nicholas has been hugely impressed with the impact of Postecoglou and he has hailed the Hoops manager turning things around at his former club. Detailing a recent meeting with the Parkhead gaffer, Nicholas told the Daily Express, I actually bumped into Ange in Glasgow's West End last week when he was out with his wife and agent and I was out for a coffee with Brian Dempsey. Ange gave me a genuine warm hug which was much appreciated. I probably haven't been welcomed by anyone of that stature at Celtic since the Tommy Burns days. We had a brief five minute conversation during which I thanked him for the job he is doing at my old club and what he is building. Everyone knows I have had issues with the Parkhead hierarchy for several years because of my personal opinions. They probably felt I wasn't pro the Celtic board. I am not pro or a patronising member of the Celtic ownership club. Ange is a strong individual and won't bow down to any chief executive or owner. He is his own man and has a clear vision of what he wants to do. When I asked him about the signing of Matt O'Reilly, he simply pointed to his agent and said, This is my agent and that is what I advised him to do. Ange goes with his instincts and his passion. It's a bit old school. He is sorting out the issues and just getting on with the job. Nicholas has told Celtic fans to expect more success this season, especially after last week's win over Rangers. He added, what Postecoglou is building at Celtic is even more exciting than the team that Brendan Rodgers had. I know some people will argue with me because Rodgers won treble after treble and also had that invincible season. There's no denying Rodgers did take Celtic on, but he inherited a team that was used to winning and were already champions. His Celtic side was miles ahead of everybody else, including Rangers. What is happening with Ange just now is more exciting. Report by Aidan Smith Evening Time Sport, February 8 Winter Olympics Curlers Bruce Mowat and Jennifer Dodds defeated in bronze medal match. Report by Tom Harrell Curlers Bruce Mowat and Jennifer Dodds have gripped the nation, but their Olympic spotlight was a bad place to be when they bombed out of their bronze medal match with Sweden. Said Mowat, it's nice to be on the TV so much back home, but to be 9-1 down in a game like that isn't exactly a fun situation to be in. It's pretty raw. A sloppy second half proved Britain's undoing in their 6-5 semi-final loss to Norway, but this time it was a horrific start that saw them 7-1 down after three ends. Shipping four in the second was the sucker punch 
and the world champions and one of the pre-games gold medal favourites emerged from a topsy-turvy tournament with nothing. Said Moat, we're obviously gutted. We've put in a lot of effort in the last two months to get to this point. We're gutted to leave this tournament without a medal because we felt we were in the form to win one. Britain opened the scoring in the first end, but Moat misfired on our rise and Dodds failed to promote another stone with a hammer, squandered opportunities that set the tone. The Swedes blew the game apart in the second end when Oscar Eriksson played a wonderful takeout and Deval dislodged two stones to score a fantastic four. Things did not improve in the third, Dodds missing a double takeout on the final stone as Sweden stole three and took an improbable seven-point lead. In the opening game of the round robin, Almeida Deval missed a regulation takeout with the last stone of the match that allowed Britain to escape with a 9-5 victory. But she was in irresistible form when medals were on the line and Ericsson, a member of Nicholas Eden's men's rink, who will rival Moats for gold, was at his consistent best. The halfway mark did not herald a shift in momentum and Sweden's dominance was summed up when they stole one on Britain's power play that normally helps teams score heavily. Dodds has found the going particularly tough against Sweden. Her two lowest shot percentages of the tournament both came against Deval and Eriksson. She saw it 61% in the opener and 56% in the bronze medal match. The pairs shook hands with two ends to spare as Sweden sealed a ninth Olympic curling medal and Team GB fell short of their fifth. The challenge for Moat is to raise his game and his spirits to skip his men's team on a gold medal charge, expectations befitting their performances in recent years. He said, as a men's team, we have trained unbelievably hard for this moment. I don't want to let my team down by feeling sorry for myself for one event that hasn't gone right for us. Both of us are going to turn it round and we're both going to play amazing next week. Dodds will make her debut in the women's competition under Eve Muirhead, joined by Vicky Wright and Haley Duff. Said Dodds, the plan is now to go and be strong with our teams. We've got two more medals to go for. They'll be stepping on the ice for the first time at the Olympics and I just want to be there in the team and do the best I can for them. I'm sure they'll want to do the same for me. Coach David Murdoch could offer a salutary tale having narrowly missed out on the podium on his first two Olympic appearances, coming fifth in 2006 and fourth in 2010. He went on to claim silver at Sochi in 2014, said Murdoch. Some of the learnings that they'll have from this week will really stand them in good stead. Now they've got another chance, both of them, and that's so important. Report by Tom Harrell
Evening Time Sport, February 8. Aberdeen launch ambitious bid to sign Robert Stonegrass. Report by Aidan Smith. Aberdeen have launched an ambitious bid to bring Robert Snodgrass to Pataudry, according to reports. The former Scotland international left West Brom during the January window and is now a free agent. The Daily Record report that Stephen Glass is interested in the midfielder and they say that Scott Brown has helped to sell Aberdeen to the former West Ham and Aston Villa man. At 34, Snodgrass is exploring his options with English Championship clubs also interested in his services. Aberdeen were defeated by Livingston at the weekend and the large travelling support made their frustrations known at full time. Boss Glass could understand the reaction, but he is certain that the form will turn. He said, when they see a team that was pretty poor first half, they make their feelings known. That's normal at a big club. Expectations are big. Players have reputations on the line, and so is mine. I am under pressure every day of my life at this club. You want a team to produce results and performances that don't encourage reactions like that. But when you produce a performance like that, you're open to whatever's coming to you. We just didn't produce on the day, and it's happened too many times. We didn't produce away from home again, and we'll get that chucked at us as well. We need to start putting it right pretty rapidly. Report by Aidan Smith Evening Times Sport, February 9 Callum McGregor says Celtic can take on anyone. Report by Graeme McGarry This Celtic team may not be the Invincibles, but given their current scintillating forum, they are certainly starting to feel that way. That's according to Captain Callum McGregor, who feels that Ange Postecoglou's side, in current form, could take on anyone. McGregor will lead a team out at Pataudry this evening that is brimming with confidence after blowing Rangers and Motherwell off the park in the last week, hitting seven goals for no reply. While retaining a level of humility in terms of what will be required to repeat the trick against Aberdeen tonight, McGregor believes that if the Celtic players can maintain their current level of performance, there aren't many teams out there who could live with them. McGregor said, We have had a good wee run in terms of performance and results. But that just comes with hard work as well, and not getting too far ahead of ourselves. We're going to a tough venue. The manager will demand we play our football, and reach the potential that we can reach, as we've shown in the last few games. If we do that, and do all the right things, we work hard for each other, and do the basics properly. We know that within the structure he gives us the freedom to go and play. We can go and take that level of football to anyone. We need results. 
So if we can get to that level of performance, then we should expect a result as well. That doesn't always happen, but it gives you a great platform to do that. The last time that Celtic travelled to Pitodri, they did so in a state of flux and in the midst of one of their worst runs of away form in living memory. Not only had they lost their opening three away games of the Premiership season to Hearts, Rangers and Livingston, but they had not won a league match away from Celtic Park since February. A late goal from Jota on that day in early October gave Postecoglou's men a crucial 2-1 win and they haven't looked back. They haven't lost a domestic game at any venue since and we have now won 9 out of their last 10 away matches in the league, drawing the other at St Mirren. McGregor feels that the scrappy win at Pitodry in the autumn was the catalyst for much of what we are now seeing from Celtic, saying the belief they took from that victory may well prove it to be a pivotal moment in the season. He said, I think so. It was a new group of players coming together. We had gone to Hearts and Rangers at that point and we had lost. The pressure is then building a little bit. To get that win gave us big confidence to know that we can go to these difficult places and play our football but also get results which is important obviously. That gave us the platform to push on and we really did push on after that. We went on a really good run and now we are in a good place. It is just important to keep that going. When you go to these places you need to fight and do all the dirty work and then you play your football and hopefully your quality will come through to win the game. We'll try to do that on Wednesday and we want the three points. Everybody is full of confidence. The football has been good. We're creating lots of chances and we've scored some good goals as well. Everybody's in good spirits and we're obviously looking forward to the game. McGregor will again don his protective mask in tonight's game to shield his fractured cheekbone, but he revealed that his recovery is going well on both a physical and psychological level. He said, it's getting there. The mask just gives me the protection that I need. It's getting better every day. It's getting stronger. So hopefully that continues to happen. The swelling is coming down every day as well. So I'm feeling back to my old self. And it's just about getting comfortable with the mask until I don't really need it. He's hoping that will be pretty soon. Report by Graham McGarry Evening Time Sport, February 9 Brian Graham determined as ever a striker wins Patrick Thistle Player of the Month. Report by James Kearney Brian Graham knows that he and his Patrick Thistle teammates are capable of handling a heavy fixture list as the matches come thick and fast but hopes the Jags can fall back into a familiar routine. 
The Championship Club have had a few games called off since the turn of the year. Sometimes the surface at Firhill has been waterlogged. On other occasions, the opposition's ground has not been deemed up to scratch and there has been the occasional outbreak of Covid to contend with. It leaves Ian McCall's side with a potentially frenetic run-in as the Jags squeeze in all their games before the end of the campaign. But history is on Thistle's side here. The last time the Maryhill club found themselves playing so relentlessly, they strung together a remarkable run of results as they stormed to the League One title a year ago. That experience assures Graeme that the Thistle players are more than capable of getting their heads down and grinding out results when the going gets tough. And although the postponed games have led to more family time for the centre forward, he admits to feeling a little out of place in recent weeks as 3pm at Saturday rolls around and he finds himself entertaining his kids. It's not ideal, but we've shown last season that we can do it when we were playing Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, Graham said, of the rearranged matches, speaking after winning the fans' vote to be named Thistle's McRae Financial Services Player of the Month for January. If that's the case, then it is what it is, and we'll just get on with it as a group. Yes, it's frustrating. We knew that the weather was not great and we'd seen the pitch on Friday, so we knew it was touch and go. When you see the heavy rain, when you wake up on Saturday morning, you know before the pitch inspection's been done that the game's going to be off. It is frustrating, don't get me wrong, because you end up at an adventure park with your kids and you're looking at the scores round about you. This might sound cruel, but it's not really an enjoyable Saturday because you're used to being out there and playing football. It's what we all want to do. Graham's gong is the first he has received in red and yellow and it has been a long time coming. After two years at the club, the 34-year-old's scoring record equates to around 1 in 2, a fine return. And in a recent interview with the club's media channel, McCall suggested he had never worked with a player with as big a heart as Graham. Such comments would usually be music to a player's ears, but as Graham points out, the Thistle boss isn't shy of poking fun at his talents either. Graham said of his manager's assessment, If you go back to the start of the interview, he was winding me up because he said I was an all-right player. He came down the stairs and said, Wait until you see what I've said about you in the press conference. The manager is great with me. He probably knows that I'll watch that and it will get my back up, make me try and score again. I know what the manager is like. We've both got trust in each other and it's an enjoyable working environment. I may be 34, but I feel as fit as ever. I'm playing 90 minutes most weeks and the stats are there when we get our GPS stats at the end of the game 
and I'm at the high end in terms of running. I'm really fit. Whenever the gaffer chooses to play me or leave me out, that's his decision, but I'm always ready to play. I was close to winning player of the month a couple of times. I lost out to Rangers Loney Kieran Wright once, but I think that was because half of Ibrox voted for him. With Zach Rudden departing for Dundee on deadline day, and Alex Jubi moving in the opposite direction, some would argue that more responsibility will be placed on Graham's shoulders. The man himself, though, disputes that theory. He explained, I had that leadership role beforehand, as I was a senior player. I thought Zach and I had a great partnership. He was like a younger brother. I took him under my wing and tried to guide him as best I could. I really wished him well when he left, and I hope he does extremely well in that league. If he can potentially keep them up, then great, but it's not looking great for Dundee at the moment. But for Zach as a person, he's a great lad, and he has great potential. He just needs to keep building on it. Alex has come in and fitted into the group seamlessly. He looked really good in training, and he's been honest with the boys, saying he needs game time, and that he's had injuries in the past. The manager believes he can get the best out of people. Sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. You can't do it with everybody, but if you look at the percentages, he's had the high end. Seeing Alex in training, I'm sure he'll do well for us. Graham has often cut a steely and determined character since arriving from Ross County in January 2020, and there is little doubt that his insatiable desire to win has driven Thistle on during that period. He remains tight-lipped on his scoring targets for the season. When asked, the striker refused to divulge a figure but said he's getting closer, as Thistle's top scorer delivered a typically defiant warning to the media. If you look back at my scoring record across the board, you see when I get regular game time, my ratio is always around 1 and 2, Graham added of his time at Thistle. I always believe in myself and always back myself. Sometimes I might not have the best of games, but I always get a chance, and I back myself to take that chance. It's been a fantastic fit. We've had our problems, but we're on the up now. We won League One last year, and you guys haven't given us a sniff in the press yet about challenging up the top end of the table. So we'll maybe go and prove you all wrong as well. Report by James Kearney Evening Times Sport February 9 Postikogo points out money does not guarantee success. Report by Graeme McGarry Nine goals to nil. The accumulative scoreline between Celtic and Rangers and their opponents over the weekend. Some may take that stark statistic as a depressing sign of the lack of depth to competition within the Scottish Premiership 
with the gap in finances meaning those outside of Glasgow's big two are left to rock up to a knife fight holding the equivalent of a soggy paper towel. Celtic manager Ange Postecoglou acknowledges the advantages he holds over his domestic rivals in that regard, but he does not accept that just because his club have the deepest pockets that they should automatically sweep away all before them. For Postecoglou, a lack of money should not equate to a lack of ambition and he says that the way he approaches matches against even more well-heeled teams like Bayer Leverkusen earlier this season shows that you can still adhere to high principles even with a lower bank balance than your opponents. Postecoglou said, I don't buy into that theory that you can't play different types of football. When we played Bayer Leverkusen, I can tell you our budget wasn't 20 times theirs. I think it was the other way around. No one can tell me we didn't play our football against them. I've never believed that, even when I was managing in Australia or Japan. To me, the style of game you play is not just dependent on the quality of your players. You can play different types of football at different levels. It hasn't stopped me from what we did when we played Leverkusen. We played them away from home, and if anyone tries to say we changed our approach, they weren't watching the game. I think the budget aspect does give you some advantages, but we have also seen how spending money doesn't guarantee you success. Despite the weekend strolls over Motherwell and Hearts respectively for Celtic and Rangers, Postecoglou is keen to stress that he has not only found the Scottish Premiership to be a challenging competition so far, but one that throws up different types of challenges too. Matty Longstaff aimed a parting shot at the standards of football north of the border after his dismal loan spell at Aberdeen from Newcastle United ended with him being redirected to Mansfield Town last week, but Postecoglou isn't having any of it. He said, I think there is a variety of styles. With us, it is a little bit different because a lot of teams will set up more defensively. When I watch games between other teams, you can see different styles, different systems. But the one thing you can't shy away from is that it is a competitive league. It's not an easy league. Sometimes, particularly when people come from down south, players will come up here and somehow, because maybe the profile of the clubs isn't high, think you'll get easy games, get time. You don't get time and space up here. It doesn't matter who you are playing against. It is very, very competitive. It's why I think it is a good league for young players, because if you can handle the competitiveness of the league here, then that sets them up. We have seen it with our players, particularly the foreigners. 
they need to adjust and understand that every game is a battle. Home or away, it is going to have intensity and no teams here give you time and space to do what you want to do. From that perspective, it is a very challenging league. All that being said, there is a statistic doing the rounds that rather neatly illustrates Celtic's dominance over their domestic opponents, with Postikoglu's men having been behind for just one minute from the previous 1,350 played, a period taking in 15 matches. That was in the League Cup final against Hibs, a deficit they promptly overturned to lift the trophy. It should be said here as a disclaimer that it was neither this correspondent who sourced this stat, nor ventured it to Postecoglou to elicit one of his trademark withering responses, but he hopes his men can continue to assert their dominance when they visit Aberdeen tonight. I think, he said, it is an indication of our form over the last couple of months, possibly longer than that, to be honest. I think the key thing for us is not to get too sidetracked about what's happened in the past. We've been really good at focusing on our next challenge and making sure we are at our best. I think when you do that, your performance level doesn't drop. If anything, it keeps improving. Then you are really putting pressure on your opponents. Evening Times Sport, February 10. Chris Jack says, Morelos will need to sign or be sold. Alfredo Morelos will either sign on or be sold off. Time will tell if the coming months are to prove the final ones in his remarkable Rangers career. Between now and the end of the campaign, Giovanni van Bronckhorst needs Morelos to do his talking on the park. If the champions are to defend their title, the striker must lead from the front. Off the field, the conversations will largely be left to Morales' representatives and Ross Wilson, the Rangers' sporting director. They will determine what the future holds on both sides. Morales, of course, will set the mood and direct the traffic. It will ultimately be down to him whether he wishes to extend his stay at Ibrox or finally head for pastures new. The Colombian may be contracted to Rangers until the summer of 2023, but the champions cannot allow him to enter the final 12 months of that deal. Once he does so, their bargaining power is weakened substantially and Morelos will hold even more of the cards. Rangers will lose Connor Goldson, one of the stalwarts of the team and one of the most valuable assets on paper, for free at the end of the campaign as he gets set to return to England after four successful seasons in Scotland. Goldson should be thanked and appreciated for his efforts, but it must sting that Rangers will not receive a penny for him when he is in the prime of his career and could command a significant fee in the market. 
Such situations cannot be allowed to materialize more than once, and that is why Morellus must decide sooner rather than later what his plans are for the short and medium term. If he is not fully committed to Rangers, the call will have to be taken out of his hands. If he does opt to move on, then the task of replacing Morellus will be no easy one for Rangers. It is wrong to class Van Bronckhurst's side as a one-man team, but there is no doubt that they are a far more effective and cohesive unit when the 25-year-old is leading the line. It was no coincidence that his return to action coincided with such a clinical showing against Hearts, and a fit and firing Morellus will be crucial to Rangers' title aspirations. Rangers have never, whether it was under Stephen Gerrard's guidance or now during Van Bronckhurst's reign, looked the same side when Morellus has been out of the team or out of form. Several understudies have been brought in, but nobody has been able to truly fill the boots of Morellus in terms of style and scoring. He has been a rejuvenated figure since Van Bronckhurst's appointment, and he looks sharper, both technically and mentally, right now, than at many times during his Ibrox career. Whatever the spark has been, Morellis and Rangers should continue to benefit from it going forward. It is very important not to rely too heavily on one player, Van Bronckhurst said, as he reflected on the victory over Hearts, during which Morellis scored twice. Of course Morellis is important for our play, as you saw, and the link-up play and his runs and his presence in the 18-yard box. The threat we had on Sunday was in different areas. You saw different goal scorers. Morellis two, but also three different other scorers. And that is what you want. You want a team that is capable of creating chances, not only from players up front, but also from midfield players. That is very important in our game. I haven't had a chat with him about his long-term future, but he is definitely a player who is important for us and for the club as well. He is enjoying his football at the moment. If your player is out of contract after next season, of course the talks will happen somewhere this year to see what the future is for both sides. But I am happy with Morellis and happy with the performances that he is putting in on the pitch. More than happy with him, contract-wise, somewhere this season I think talks will begin. The situations are the same with the likes of Philip Hollander, Joe Aribo and Ryan Kent, and the conversations with Morellis will be replicated with several members of Van Bronckhurst's squad between now and the summer. Rangers are already gearing up for a major window of wheeling and dealing, and a substantial rebuild of the squad looks to be on the cards. Morellus could well lead the exodus. If he does leave, it will be a moment of regret for a support that have cherished and castigated him 
in equal measure during a roller coaster five seasons at Highbrooks. It is unlikely that Morellas and those that look after his interests would have foreseen him being in Glasgow for as long when he moved from HJK Helsinki in the summer of 2017. Morellas has, as expected, made his name with Rangers, but the quick flip for a tidy profit plan hasn't happened yet as interest, most notably from Lille, who had a £16 million bid turned down ahead of Rangers' title-winning campaign, has not been strong enough to tempt Rangers into doing business. The ambition was once to recoup around £20 million for Morellis, but that hope seems far-fetched right now, given a market that is still recovering from Covid and his contract situation, and Rangers will have to settle for a smaller fee should they choose to cash in at the end of the season. Purely in terms of the model of buying low, developing for a couple of seasons, and then selling high, Morellis has probably overstayed his time in Scotland, and it would be a surprise if the next project player has such a long service on his track record. Circumstances and successes have ultimately shaped Morellis Rangers' career. They will now determine his future and whether he stays or goes. He will one day have a price put on his head once again. First and foremost, Van Bronckhorst needs Morellis to have another medal around his neck this term, says Chris Jack. Evening Times Sport, February 10. Rangers dealt major injury blow over Yanis Hagi. Report by Mark Walker. New Romania manager Eddie Lodonscu has revealed Rangers star Yanis Hagi will struggle to be fit for the start of next season after knee injury. Hagi suffered the injury during his side's 4-0 win over Stirling Albion in the Scottish Cup and underwent surgery in the week after the game. He has been ruled out for the remainder of the season, but the Romanian boss believes he could be out for up to six months after speaking to him this week, which means he could potentially be missing until the middle of August, well after the new campaign has kicked off. The Romania manager said, I spoke to him twice and he may be unavailable for five to six months. It's very unfortunate for him. I don't want to put pressure on him to rush back but of course we need our best players for Romania. It is very unfortunate because Janis was going through a really good period in his career. He had started to really prove he could do it. I have even spoken to his father about his injury. I want to support Janis as much as I can. I have assured him I will be there for him when he is ready and we trust him to come back stronger. I told him to take all the time he needs. Even if he doesn't play immediately, he will be back in my squad. 
He is resigned to being out for some time, but he is very confident he will be back stronger. He's been good because it hasn't been easy for him with this setback. Look, there are two types of pressure, constructive and destructive, and I have chosen to use the first one. It is destructive to compare his name with the players of the past. We have all been guilty in Romania of falling into this trap of comparisons, and I think we would only harm him by doing that. I know he can't stand it when people compare him with the past. That's why I believe that our current group of players can make their own names. Report by Mark Walker Evening Time Sport, February 10 Postecoglou hails gutsy Celtic performance Report by Graeme McGarry Celtic manager Ange Postecoglou has praised his gutsy players for seeing off a spirited Aberdeen comeback at Pitodri to stay top of the Premiership. Postecoglou's men look to be cruising to victory after Jota and Matt O'Reilly goals in the first half had given them a commanding lead at the interval. The host hit back through Christian Ramirez and Lewis Ferguson, but Celtic dug deep and Jota came up with the winner for the second time this season at Pitodri to stretch their unbeaten run in the league to 20 matches. Postecoglou said, It has been a big part of our way of doing things. We obviously want to be a team who dominate the game and score goals, but at times over the last three or four months, we have had to dig in. We had to do that again today. We've had two tough away games since the derby, and we've taken six points from them. For our perspective, that's a positive, but the second half showed we still have things to improve on. We dominated the game in the first half and had a couple more chances to score. You always know you're going to get a reaction, particularly away from home. We were handling it okay, but it was disappointing to lose goals from set pieces. There were no real threats for us out there, but they got one, got a reaction from the crowd and caused us problems with another one. After that, we needed to be a bit more calm to control the game better. We still had some chances, but even then we were rushing things. Everyone was good in the first half, but in the second we had to take control of it better. It's not an easy place to come and win. It was important to come here and continue our form. We have been in good form for quite a long time and had great results for quite a long time, but we just need to keep improving our play. Of course there are going to be challenges. We have had all sorts and we are finding ways to overcome them, which I think is a positive sign. Report by Graeme McGarry Evening Time Sport, February 10 Ramsey in cryptic Rangers start hint Report by Stuart Wilson Aaron Ramsey has given the strongest indication yet 
He will start for the first time for Rangers against Annan in the Scottish Cup on Saturday. The Welsh midfielder took another step on his road back to fitness with a 15-minute cameo in the 2-0 win over Hibs at Ibrox last night. It was his second substitute appearance for the Govan side after he made his debut against Hearts on Sunday. And he took to social media platform Twitter to hint that his first start in light blue is mere days away, while also thanking the fans for playing their part in the Hibs win. Ramsey arrived on transfer deadline day from Italian giants Juventus in a deal that shocked Scottish football. He has not played since November and made the move to Scotland to recover fitness and form ahead of the World Cup in December. And he said in his Twitter, more minutes in the legs, solid performance from the boys, another brilliant atmosphere, looking to the Scottish Cup. Report by Stuart Wilson. Evening Times Sport, February 10. Van Bronckhurst makes standards vow as Rangers see off Hibs. Report by Chris Jack. Giovanni Van Bronckhurst has challenged Rangers to continue raising their standards after easing to a comfortable victory over Hibs at Ibrox. The champions followed up on the 5-0 win over Hearts on Sunday by completing an Edinburgh double that keeps them just one point adrift of Celtic in the Premiership. A James Tavernier penalty and strike from Alfredo Morelos were enough on the night, as Sean Maloney's side caused Rangers few problems and continued their miserable recent run. Morelos now has 16 goals to his credit this term, and Van Bronckhurst is encouraged with their attacking noose as the light blues continue to recover from their old firm horror show last midweek. Van Bronckhorst told Rangers TV, I think we started the game very well with the penalty and other chances we created. We put a lot of pressure and energy in the game and won a lot of balls in their half, particularly the first half. The overall performance was really good it was 2 nothing, but it could have been more. It was good for us because we needed the points. Of course it gives you confidence. We had to react last Sunday, which we did in a good manner. For us it was very important to continue that way of playing and the intensity we want in games. We have to raise our standards in every game. This is the level we want, and now we rest to play on Saturday again in the Cup. We know Morelis' threat in front of goal. He has scored three goals in the two games since he came back. Also, you can see we can play through him. When teams are making pressure on our defence, he is always available to connect with midfield and receive the ball. Then we can get our wingers into spaces where they can attack the defenders. Today, with Ryan Kent, the penalty came in that area. The threat we had on both sides really pleased me. 
Report by Chris Jack. Evening Time Sport, February 11. Lee McGregor hoping to land first knockout blow. Report by Susan Egglestaff. This may not be the fight Lee McGregor envisaged starting 2022 off with, but nevertheless, he believes a win this evening will set him on the path to challenging for a world title in the very near future. Tonight at York Hall in London, the 25-year-old will take on Argentina's Diego Alberto Ruiz in a bout he took at short notice, but one that he fully believes will be that start of a monumental year. He says, in this sport, you just need to take each fight as it comes, and that's what I'll do. But at the same time, I know there's big plans for me and big things on the horizon. So that's what's keeping me motivated and driving me to continue getting better. That's why I have made sure I've left no stone unturned in this training camp, and I've come through it with flying colours. I'll push on after this one and will hopefully have a world title eliminator or a world title fight towards the end of this year. I want to get through this fight with no hiccups, look good and show I'm ready to have a massive 2022. McGregor is well used to having to adapt to a change of plan at the last minute. Over the past few years, the Edinburgh fighter has seen a countless number of his fights be postponed or cancelled, and recent months have been no different. The European, British and Commonwealth bantamweight champion has been due to defend his continental title last December against Narak Abgaryana but the bout fell through due to injury, as well as his dad being knocked down by a truck and his highly anticipated rematch with compatriot Kash Farouk had been scheduled for this April, but has also been scrapped due to the surprise retirement of Farouk. However, despite his constantly evolving schedule, McGregor believes he is in the shape of his life for his bout against Ruiz, who has an impressive record of 23 wins and only 4 losses. McGregor, who is unbeaten in 11 pro fights, says, Compared to my last few previous fights, which have been championship fights, I can honestly say this is the best shape I've ever been in which is crazy because I've been in some big, big fights. With each camp, I'm learning more, I'm gaining more experience, and I'm educating myself so I get better every time. Ruiz is tough. He'll come and have a go. He'll come out swinging, which is what I want. I want someone who's coming to win because that's when I'm at my best. I want a good fight because I want to make a statement. McGregor's rematch with Farouk 
following the Edinburgh man's narrow victory in 2019, was a mouth-watering prospect, but the shock announcement from Farouk that a medical condition had forced his retirement came as a huge shock not only to the boxing public, but also to McGregor himself. He admitted he was gutted to hear the news, but having been in camp for almost six months now, as a result of fights falling through, he admits he has not yet fully processed the reality that the biggest fight that Scotland has seen between two of its fighters in years will not now be repeated. He says, I had a weird feeling that something was up with Cash. He was supposed to be fighting at the end of last year and it never happened but I just thought he was injured. I had no idea it was so serious, so his announcement about retiring really shocked me. I was gutted when I heard the news, to be honest. I still don't think it's fully sunk in. I think once I get this fight out of the way, then I'll probably think more about it. What's so good about boxing for me is it gives me a focus. There's been so many things happening in my life recently, but when I'm in my training camp, I just block all of that out and focus entirely on boxing, so it makes me forget things and ignore things. I came down to London around September time to start my camp, so it's been a long time. It's very challenging and it's very hard because you put your body through a lot. You're constantly dieting, you're away from your family, and there's so many things people don't see, so I'm really excited to finally get back into the ring. McGregor has, as is so often the case, undergone his build-up to this fight alongside his regular training partner and close friend Josh Taylor who will defend all four of his super lightweight world titles against Jack Catterall in two weeks' time. McGregor is in little doubt about how that fight will pan out, and he's already looking forward to an exciting year for the pair. He says Josh is looking very good, as always. We're always pushing each other on training and looking to get that extra few percent out of each other. So it's an exciting few weeks for Scottish boxing. He'll hopefully come through his fight too, and we can look forward to a huge summer for us both. Report by Susan Egglestar, Evening Times Sport, February 11. Glasgow Warriors handed boost ahead of Munster Clash. Report by Stuart Bathgate. Sam Johnson has been released by Scotland to play for Glasgow at home to Munster tonight and will take his place in a starting lineup that includes 12 full internationals. The Warriors could go top of the URC if they win the rearranged match with a bonus point. And in addition to Johnson's return, they have been boosted by the availability of two other current Scotland squad members, Rufus McLean 
and Scott Cummings. Head coach Danny Wilson is unable to attend the match after testing positive for COVID, but will be able to issue instructions should he feel the need, according to attack coach Nigel Coralan. Coralan said, Danny was here in the early part of the week, so he's, sim- so he's firmly put his stamp on preparations. He's very much here in spirit. He's got his own lines of communication into us, should he need to. At the moment, he is just trusting us to facilitate in his absence and to call the shots as we see how things are panning out. If he wants to get in contact, we are available to him. Johnson would clearly be disappointed to be left out of Scotland's trip to Wales after starting in last week's Calcutta Cup victory, but Carolyn said he was eager to turn out against Munster. He said, it's quite a sensitive one, to be fair. We only got wind a couple of days ago that Sam could be available to us, so it was about seeing what headspace he was in. The feedback to Sam is that he's done nothing wrong. It's all about rotation. Sam jumped at the opportunity to play a home game against Munster this week for us. Fullback Josh Mackay is still on the injury list, while standoff Ross Thompson is unavailable after contracting COVID. But Ollie Smith and Duncan Weir were more than capable deputies for them in the big away win over Connacht a fortnight ago. Carolyn added, Josh has an ongoing ankle issue. He's got another week of rehab, but again we're very pleased with the way Ollie Smith has shown up. So we're maybe fortunate that Ollie has come good at a time when Josh is unavailable for us. Ross was not going to be involved this week. We were going to continue with Duncan again to reward his efforts in Galway last week. I thought he was tremendous. But as it happens, Ross is another one that has been caught out. Report by Stuart Bathgate. Evening Times Sport, February 11. Matt O'Reilly on Celtic's mental resilience. Report by Graeme McGarry. How a team reacts to setbacks and how they handle moments of adversity often reveals more about their title credentials than when they are hammering supine opposition. When they are on the ropes, do they have what it takes to reach within themselves and produce a knockout blow? Celtic answered that question on Wednesday evening. It had looked for all the world as if Ange Postecoglou's men were going to coast to another three points on their travels, blowing Aberdeen off the Pitodry pitch in a blistering opening 45 minutes. To stretch the boxing analogy further, perhaps to breaking point, it was such a one-sided affair that it could have been stopped at the interval. Aberdeen, though, had been saved by the whistle 
and to their immense credit came roaring back at Celtic. And make no mistake, as Lewis Ferguson's header found the net to draw them level, and with a frenzied pitaudry against them, Celtic were wobbling. Or so it appeared, for about a minute later, Jota produced the rope-a-dope, and Celtic had answered the challenge. In the aftermath, there was much reflection from a Celtic perspective, not only on the positive aspects of their mental resilience, but also on the defensive weaknesses that were exposed by Aberdeen's set-piece creativity. In this ultimately narrow but crucially important win, they learned much about themselves and took some harsh lessons away that must be heeded if they are to maintain their slender advantage over Rangers at the top of the Premiership table. According to Matt O'Reilly, who got his first Celtic goal with a deflected effort that put them 2 nothing to the good in the Granite City, Manager Postikoglu had his players prepared for the rocky night which unfolded, allowing them to react in the proper way. O'Reilly said, He said before the game that he can't say how the game will pan out. Anything can happen and we obviously conceded two goals which wasn't ideal, but you just have to react to it, which we did. It was another three points, which was definitely the main thing. It was a tough game against quite a physical side. The pitch cut up near the end, which didn't really suit us, but you have to adapt to the conditions. We definitely could have played better, could have managed the game better. We let them back into the game, which was a bit unnecessary, but at the same time, we managed to grind out the win, which was the main thing. We gave away sloppy goals, but again that happens. You have to react, which we did, which was the main thing. We have shown before that we can come back from not necessarily losing positions, but just tough games in general, to see out games. When Celtic moved two ahead after just 20 minutes at Petaudry, what was striking over and above their dominance at that point was that both scorers, Jota and O'Reilly, had been dropped to the bench for the weekend win over Motherwell. That was clearly a decision made on the basis of squad rotation by Postecoglou, but the strong performances from both on the night not only justified the call, but showed that the depth of the Celtic squad is now pushing the best out of players eager to grasp any opportunity they get on the pitch. O'Reilly said, We have a really strong squad now, so in terms of rotation, it is going to be really important. We have so many games coming up that everyone genuinely needs to be ready because 10 games in a month, it is hard to play every game and play at your maximum potential. So in that sense, I think you really need to utilise the squad as much as possible. Myself and Jota came in at Aberdeen 
and helped out, and that's all we can do. Obviously, I am delighted to get my first goal. I missed one chance against Dundee United, which was a really good chance, which was playing at the back of my mind a little bit. So I said before the game that I could do with scoring, just for my own head. Unfortunately, it happened. It was amazing. It was also in front of the fans, which always makes it better. I am not too fussed about goals, as long as we are winning. That's the main thing for me. Of course, it is nice to get contributions yourself, but three points is the main thing, honestly. O'Reilly milked that moment in front of the travelling Celtic fans, and he is happy to be able to repay the support they have shown him since his arrival from MK Dons last month. He said, I am very grateful for that. It is not necessarily easy to settle in quickly at a club like Celtic, so I am really happy with the way it is going. And obviously, support from fans is always nice, so I am very grateful for that. Report by Graeme McGarry Evening Time Sport February 11. Lee McGregor hoping to land first knockout blow. Report by Susan Egglestaff. This may not be the fight Lee McGregor envisaged starting 2022 off with, but nevertheless, he believes a win this evening will set him on the path to challenging for a world title in the very near future. Tonight at York Hall in London, the 25-year-old will take on Argentina's Diego Alberto Ruiz in a bout he took at short notice, but one that he fully believes will be that start of a monumental year. He says, in this sport, you just need to take each fight as it comes, and that's what I'll do, but at the same time, I know there's big plans for me and big things on the horizon, so that's what's keeping me motivated and driving me to continue getting better. That's why I have made sure I've left no stone unturned in this training camp and I've come through it with flying colours. I'll push on after this one and will hopefully have a world title eliminator or a world title fight towards the end of this year. I want to get through this fight with no hiccups, look good and show I'm ready to have a massive 2022. McGregor is well used to having to adapt to a change of plan at the last minute. Over the past few years, the Edinburgh fighter has seen a countless number of his fights be postponed or cancelled and recent months have been no different. The European, British and Commonwealth bantamweight champion has been due to defend his continental title last December against Narak Abgaryan, but the bout fell through due to injury, as well as his dad being knocked down by a truck and his highly anticipated rematch 
with compatriot Kash Farouk had been scheduled for this April but has also been scrapped due to the surprise retirement of Farouk. However, despite his constantly evolving schedule, McGregor believes he is in the shape of his life for his bout against Ruiz, who has an impressive record of 23 wins and only 4 losses. McGregor, who is unbeaten in 11 pro fights, says, Compared to my last few previous fights, which have been championship fights, I can honestly say this is the best shape I've ever been in, which is crazy because I've been in some big, big fights. With each camp, I'm learning more, I'm gaining more experience, and I'm educating myself so I get better every time. Ruiz is tough. He'll come and have a go. He'll come out swinging, which is what I want. I want someone who's coming to win, because that's when I'm at my best. I want a good fight, because I want to make a statement. McGregor's rematch with Farouk, following the Edinburgh man's narrow victory in 2019, was a mouth-watering prospect. But the shock announcement from Farouk that a medical condition had forced his retirement came as a huge shock not only to the boxing public, but also to McGregor himself. He admitted he was gutted to hear the news, but having been in camp for almost six months now, as a result of fights falling through, he admits he has not yet fully processed the reality that the biggest fight that Scotland has seen between two of its fighters in years will not now be repeated. He says, I had a weird feeling that something was up with Cash. He was supposed to be fighting at the end of last year and it never happened, but I just thought he was injured. I had no idea it was so serious, so his announcement about retiring really shocked me. I was gutted when I heard the news, to be honest. I still don't think it's fully sunk in. I think once I get this fight out of the way, then I'll probably think more about it. What's so good about boxing for me is it gives me a focus. There's been so many things happening in my life recently, but when I'm in my training camp, I just block all of that out and focus entirely on boxing, so it makes me forget things and ignore things. I came down to London around September time to start my camp, so it's been a long time. It's very challenging and it's very hard because you put your body through a lot. You're constantly dieting, you're away from your family, and there's so many things people don't see so I'm really excited to finally get back into the ring. McGregor has, as is so often the case, undergone his build-up to this fight alongside his regular training partner and close friend Josh Taylor, who will defend all four of his super lightweight world titles against Jack Catterall in two weeks' time. McGregor is in little doubt about how that fight will pan out 
and he is already looking forward to an exciting year for the pier. He says, Josh is looking very good, as always. We are always pushing each other on training and looking to get that extra few percent out of each other. So it's an exciting few weeks for Scottish boxing. He'll hopefully come through his fight too, and we can look forward to a huge summer for us both. Report by Susan Egglestar. Evening Times Sport, February 11. Juranovic transfer latest as Celtic defender tipped for major European move. Report by Aidan Smith. Football transfer guru Fabrizio Romano has claimed that there is currently a lot of interest in Celtic defender Josip Juranovic. The Croatian fullback has starred for Ange Postecoglou since moving to Parkhead in the summer from Legia Warsaw in a £2.5 million move. Leicester City have recently been linked with a move for Juranovic and Romano has revealed that there is interest there. Speaking to Football Scotland, he said, There's a lot of interest in him. A lot of clubs are looking at him. Many clubs will go for right-backs in the summer. It will probably be a market full of right-backs because many important clubs in important leagues need right-backs. Juranovic is going great and there will be an opportunity, I am sure. Juranovic missed out as Celtic defeated Aberdeen on Wednesday night, but Postecoglou revealed this was just a precaution due to illness. He said he'll be back at the weekend, hopefully, and if not, he will definitely be back for the midweek fixture next week. Report by Aidan Smith. Evening Times Sport, February 11. Matt O'Reilly on Celtic's mental resilience. Report by Graeme McGarry. How a team reacts to setbacks and how they handle moments of adversity often reveals more about their title credentials than when they are hammering supine opposition. When they are on the ropes, do they have what it takes to reach within themselves and produce a knockout blow? Celtic answered that question on Wednesday evening. It had looked for all the world as if Ange Postecoglou's men were going to coast to another three points on their travels, blowing Aberdeen off the Pitodry pitch in a blistering opening 45 minutes. To stretch the boxing analogy further, perhaps to breaking point, it was such a one-sided affair that it could have been stopped at the interval. Aberdeen, though, had been saved by the whistle and to their immense credit came roaring back at Celtic. And make no mistake, as Lewis Ferguson's header found the net to draw them level, and with a frenzied pitodry against them, Celtic were wobbling. Or so it appeared, for about a minute later, Jota produced the rope-a-dope, and Celtic had answered the challenge. In the aftermath, 
there was much reflection from a Celtic perspective, not only on the positive aspects of their mental resilience, but also on the defensive weaknesses that were exposed by Aberdeen's set-piece creativity. In this ultimately narrow but crucially important win, they learned much about themselves and took some harsh lessons away that must be heeded if they are to maintain their slender advantage over Rangers at the top of the Premiership table. According to Matt O'Reilly, who got his first Celtic goal with a deflected effort that put them 2 nothing to the good in the Granite City, manager Postecoglou had his players prepared for the rocky night which unfolded, allowing them to react in the proper way. O'Reilly said, He said before the game that he can't say how the game will pan out. Anything can happen and we obviously conceded two goals which wasn't ideal, but you just have to react to it, which we did. It was another three points, which was definitely the main thing. It was a tough game against quite a physical side. The pitch cut up near the end, which didn't really suit us, but you have to adapt to the conditions. We definitely could have played better, could have managed the game better. We let them back into the game, which was a bit unnecessary, but at the same time, we managed to grind out the win, which was the main thing. We gave away sloppy goals, but again that happens. You have to react, which we did, which was the main thing. We have shown before that we can come back from not necessarily losing positions, but just tough games in general, to see out games. When Celtic moved two ahead after just 20 minutes at Pitaudry, what was striking over and above their dominance at that point was that both scorers, Jota and O'Reilly, had been dropped to the bench for the weekend win over Motherwell. That was clearly a decision made on the basis of squad rotation by Postecoglou, but the strong performances from both on the night not only justified the call, but showed that the depth of the Celtic squad is now pushing the best out of players eager to grasp any opportunity they get on the pitch. O'Reilly said, We have a really strong squad now, so in terms of rotation, it is going to be really important. We have so many games coming up that everyone genuinely needs to be ready because 10 games in a month, it is hard to play every game and play at your maximum potential. So in that sense, I think you really need to utilise the squad as much as possible. Myself and Jota came in at Aberdeen and helped out and that's all we can do. Obviously, I am delighted to get my first goal. I missed one chance against Dundee United, which was a really good chance, which was playing at the back of my mind a little bit. So I said before the game that I could do with scoring, just for my own head. Unfortunately, it happened. It was amazing. 
It was also in front of the fans, which always makes it better. I am not too fussed about goals as long as we are winning. That's the main thing for me. Of course, it is nice to get contributions yourself, but three points is the main thing, honestly. O'Reilly milked that moment in front of the travelling Celtic fans, and he is happy to be able to repay the support they have shown him since his arrival from MK Dons last month. He said, I am very grateful for that. It is not necessarily easy to set on quickly at a club like Celtic, so I am really happy with the way it is going. And obviously, support from fans is always nice, so I am very grateful for that. Report by Graeme McGarry And that was this week's Glasgow Times Sport podcast, normally recorded in our studio at the Bishop Briggs Media Centre, currently recorded from our volunteers' homes with the publisher's kind permission. Thanks for listening.